Welcome back, Kansas City Underground. It's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to scare you. Yeah. <laughs> Moses got scared in the room. <laughs> Moses will be on next week's podcast. Yeah, yeah, I will. This one, we're just gonna stare at him. <laughs> See, can you hear him in the background? No. <laughs> he says no. He says no. <laughs> All right. Last week, uh, we had a podcast where uh, Corey, Corey, and I were talking through disciple making within the next generation, uh, the zero hour hub, its development, how it's uh, all the things it's doing now, what we've learned over the course of a year. Uh, and uh, Corey, you had that comment that Gen Z is hungry to lead. Mm-hmm. And so, what we thought we'd do is. Uh, lead into a couple of weeks of just actually interviewing the next generation. So like, let's talk to people who, instead of assuming what we think about the next generation, let's actually ask them and talk to them about it. So today we have Creighton. Hey. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Creighton, AKA Crustacean, AKA Curtain. We're not getting into the nicknames. We're not getting into the nicknames. Your intro was perfect. <laughs> hey. Hey. It was like that video. Moses always shows me. It's just a pano, and then it comes to this yes, one guy. And I've just, seen that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh All right. So, so reining it back in, yeah. today we're going to do an interview with Creighton, who is a student connected to the Zero Hour Hub. Mm-hmm. And uh, hear his story, hear how you got engaged within Zero Hour, the things you've learned, how you've been equipped. We took a trip together a year ago. That we did. I didn't, I'd never met you before. Nope. You were shorter. Yes. You really? Shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's taller than me. A full year. How much do you think you've grown? What <laughs> kind of old man question is that? <laughs> I'm 33 now. Is that uh, okay to ask at this no. point? I'm wearing a shirt that says fatherhood. <laughs> this Am I not? <laughs> the tone. Anyway. Yeah, it was about the tone. The oh. question. How oh. tall have you grown? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a grandpa question, actually. <laughs> All right, man. But for real, on a real note, like we'd love to just hear at least how, you know, from your point of view, how did you come into first relationship with zero hour myself Corey, yeah yeah and just in <laughs> such an arrogant question it's <laughs> how did you come into relationship with well me? <laughs> i mean because it is a unique one because i mean uh, just all up. roads lead back to john dewitt and that's why i <laughs> want to share about that yeah, yeah. gotta love john <laughs> all right six degrees of separation yeah. from john, john DeWitt. DeWitt. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so um gosh when i was little i went to a church with john dewitt we went to the same church and he was like very supportive of of me and had kind of just always always been in the background of things kind of thing just always praying um would send texts to my mom every once in a while just being like hey hope you're doing well thinking and praying for you kind of thing and uh 2020 uh got reconnected with John DeWitt um and just yeah just kind of started talking to him on the phone more and um, getting to know him more. And he, I can't remember when it was sometime during 2020, he reached out to my mom and was like, Hey, uh, there's this guy that I want you to meet. Can you meet me for lunch? Mm. <laughs> what, what a pitch. John. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And he worded it just like that. <laughs> um, no, but so my mom and I were like, uh, sure. Because, like, obviously we know John, so we trust him. And so we're just kind of like, why not meet this bro? So, 
Corey's a bro. <laughs> Corey's a bro. The bro. <laughs> Corey's the bro. So anyway, so we go to this lunch, and um, yeah, Corey McElvain is there, and um, he pulls up on his motorcycle with his tats What's and that? stuff. Was that on my motorcycle then? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good first impression. Yeah, I yep. remember. Obviously, this for me it is. was a lasting impression on for you. For me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he pulls up in his motorcycle with his tats and stuff, and I'm like, "Yo, who's this who's guy?" This guy? <laughs> so um, anyway, so then we sit down, and Corey just kind of starts to tell me his life story, um, things that he's been through, etc., and um, how God birthed a vision for Zero Hour. Um, earlier during the pandemic and how, um, yeah, basically what it was going to look like, what the, uh, what the trips were going to look like and things like that. And my mom and I were just like intrigued and like, almost like it was, yeah, it was really cool to hear this. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is insane. This is happening for students. Like what? This is a thing. Uh, and so my mom and I were really pumped about it. And um, as Corey was talking about these trips, uh, the trip to the Smoky Mountains, uh, where we would learn how to make disciples who make disciples, as well as, um, yeah, just um, have a good time, be in fellowship with other believers who are hungry to see the same thing. Uh, We just were really excited about the trip. And um, it also came at a pivotal point because um, I had been to, previously had been to a smaller Christian school um, where making disciples wasn't really an apparent reality to me. Um, And over the summer, my mom and I were kind of like, okay, Lord, where do you want him next as far as school? Um, And so we had been praying about it and started to feel the Lord shift me to go to a public high school, which was a completely different change. So honestly, Zero Hour came at a very uh, specific and appropriate time as we were thinking through all of that. And so we were like, yes, how do we get involved? And the really cool part is John DeWitt (laughs) turns to my mom and I and goes, I want to sponsor Creighton to go on a trip. Mm. And so we're just in awe, right? We're just like, oh my gosh, what? Um... And yeah, that's that's how I got involved with Zero Hour. After after that like lunch meeting, I started hanging out with Corey on a weekly or biweekly basis up until the trip. And then um, since yeah, we've become best buds, yeah. best, best buddies, mates. best besties. Mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me, like, go back to that that moment at Cheddar's. Um, and uh, <laughs> that is the worst name for a restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. I don't like it. Anyway, that's not while, the point of the podcast. While I was casting the vision for Zero Hour, what was intriguing for you, like from mm. your perspective as a student? Because you know, not not everyone when they hear that vision is going to be like, "I'm in." Right. 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 Why? What? caught on for you as you were sitting there just I mean both hearing my story but also the vision behind the trips and and the whole idea of just movement stuff and disciple making and yeah yeah yeah. well I think one of the things that was really interesting to hear was um I think what really helped me get a grasp of what zero hour is is actually hearing 
some of the things that you had been through and some of your prior experience in youth ministry um, and some of the things that you saw and were like, okay, this is good, but we could do it better and in Mm -hmm. a more effective way kind of thing. And honestly, when I was sitting there, like, honestly, like I said, just this like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm called to the people that aren't believers in my school and there's this ministry that can help me do that because it was almost like at that table I was like realizing I am called to do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then in the same breath it was like okay so how in the world do I do this which knowing that zero would provide me with the tools and like equipping that I would need to do that was honestly what had me pumped also just being in a um, I've experienced some Christian circles like a friend invites me to their youth group or whatever where they're there for the fun and the games and there's not really any interest and so for this youth ministry to exist for people who are serious about this and hungry as I am Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen that before sure where I wasn't the only radical one there Mm. And so that was another thing that was like an answer yeah. to prayer. I mean, I think John knew in setting, you know, in him and I's conversation leading up to asking you guys to for to connect with me was, I mean, his, his light bulb went off like, oh, I know the exact student. <laughs> like, so like he had already seen and recognized you as a leader, you know, and somebody in, you know, I've always been in the trainings. Now I, I try to ask students like how many of you know, what percentage of their high school do they think are following Jesus? Mm-hmm. And the ones that are, I don't know, some people will go 5%, 10%. And the stats would say it's it's usually 1% or less of yeah. almost all high schools in America currently cool. individually are following Jesus at some capacity. So, um, and then I say, even from that, when I train students, I go, usually if if you're here in this room, you're almost the 1% of the 1%. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Like you are going to feel alone and scared, especially as in your circumstances, you are stepping out from a, you know, a, a Christian somewhat bubble. Right. Into an environment that was like you're almost a blip on the radar yeah. of being a believer. So, I, you know, it's just important to think through that because like I'm trying to highlight the realities of like the, what we are trying to do is not necessarily going to be for the thousand students in the city i mean i hope that we get to the to the reality that every student comes alive to the awakening to be a disciple that makes disciples and that they are called to their schools and they are called to make disciples where they're at but that's not always true Mm -hmm. so we were starting at this place with creighton where it's just like this is where we're at and here's a student that's hungry and john totally was able to set that up in a beautiful way for sure what do you think are the moments or markers in your super long life here on earth already (laughs) (laughs) that like made you into this. I'm hungry for this. Like like, in the sense that you're saying, you know, I got invited to predominant model experience youth group, right? Just a normal youth group experience. Didn't resonate with me. I knew there was something deeper like, well, that comes from somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. What made you you in that yeah. way, do you think? Um, well, I think part of the thing, part of what made me that way is because the church that I met John DeWitt at, uh, we didn't stay there for long. 
because it was it was a bigger church and my mom has always described it this way she said that she was growing but i wasn't mm. it was like i i just went and did a coloring sheet or something along the, <laughs> or something along those Roasting lines the coloring sheets man <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against coloring. <laughs> Love a good coloring. I sheet. hear what you're saying though. Um, and so we started looking for like churches like where we would we would both be able to grow, and we landed on this like tiny church in KCK, um, more like Pentecostal kind of thing, but also just um, n- there there wasn't like these like vibrant like structures hmm. here. It was kind of like there wasn't a quote-unquote youth group and so I honestly grew up in more of a radical standpoint of like I'm gonna be authentic I'm gonna be real this isn't a game Mm. kind of thing and then I would go to like a friend from school would invite me to like one of their church youth groups and I'd be like what is happening (laughs) kind of thing because I'm so used to this like just like there's like no there's like not that much like production when it comes to worship it's like and so the difference there and I think growing up with that more like sounds like it was more of a family environment it was and you're having these values passed down to you of owning a sense of making disciples right and there's been a lot of, I mean, two part of your story of having, you know, just both you and your mom, the things mm-hmm. that you guys have been through. Right. Absolutely lended itself to going like, I'm not just believing in this God out of convenience or because it's culturally something we ought to do as right. a nice family. <laughs> like yeah. Yours is very much birthed out of like some hurt and some pain right. and just like you found, you know, your mom and you found God in some very key moments that were catalytic towards just your overall seriousness and wanting to genuinely be disciples who make disciples. Absolutely. All right. So you met, you, you were drawn to Corey McIlvain. <laughs> drawn. It's your, rare. It's your rare. life was it's rare, I know. <laughs> altered in its direction because of John DeWitt and mm. now Corey's story. You're excited about this. I'm trying to get more of the context of the last year, by the way, right now. Yep. So then you end up taking this uh, disciple-making trip, in which I was apparently a significant influence on your life. Yes. <laughs> he was like, wait a second. He's trying to <laughs> plant a seed there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just talk about the trip. Like, what were maybe two or three significant moments where that was a catalyst into this past school year? Yeah, absolutely. Um Gosh, it was the trip was amazing. I remember specifically that one of the, the guy that played music. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, it's sorry. getting sad. You're starting to act like Corey Osmond <laughs> without him here. Without him here, <laughs> wow. You're filling that void right now. <laughs> you remember the food? <laughs> the person that cooked the food? Oh yeah, that was you. <laughs> Am I turning red? <laughs> All right, sorry. Um, no, Go you're on. good. Um, no, yeah. the greatness. <laughs> So anyway, so I remember specifically one of the days w- it, the training was about like asking questions and being a good listener. Um, and that was actually a real pivotal moment for me because um, in a negative way, I'll try to keep this as short as possible, but um, in a negative way, I had been called a quote unquote question generator by... Um, my earthly dad and that relationship is 
anyway, there's hurt there. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of a place of like, I identified the fact that I asked so many questions as a like, as a bad, bad thing. thing. And then with this training, I was like, wait a minute, actually God created me this That's way. That's my greatest gift. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. God created me this way and is going to use this mm. to, to touch people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. I've wow. seen it happen in this last year. So, yeah. So that was one big, what are yeah. two others you would say? Two stuck others. Out? Yeah. Gosh. Or at least, at least one more, mm. maybe a half more. Mm. A half more. <laughs> <laughs> a half more. Oh man, it was a it was a year ago. Um, That's true, and you've yeah. been on another one, right? Since then. Yeah, I mean, I remember you. I mean, the silence and solitude. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of just this, um, this idea of spending time alone with God in silence. And I think another thing that was significant for me was this idea of like meditating on His Word and listening to Him. Um, because oftentimes when I would go and pray, it would be like, God, this is why I'm thankful for you. And this is what I want. Talk to you later mm-hmm. kind of thing. And this idea of like, no, he's your father. And as your son, as, as his son, you should like enjoy being in his presence and just sitting with him in that place, um, of silence sometimes and really just quieting your mind to be with him was um that was incredibly influential and taking that back home um yeah yeah that was that was insane i just was teaching at we're doing a training with a local youth group here it's about 25 somewhere between 20 and 25 students um and the youth pastor just invited us to come in and basically do a four-day training similar to how we do it on the trip and just walking students through what it means to make disciples. Well, I started it, and it was, I was not planning on this, but I was like, I think we should start this time in some silence and solitude. So I just did five minutes, and I asked afterwards how many of them have ever sat and just intentionally tried to listen to God for five minutes or more. I think two of them in the room raised their hand. Mm. Wow. I was like, whoa, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Like this we're, not tra- is, we're not training people to do that. No. no. So, but you had another thing to say, yeah. but I, that, that's powerful for every student that has walked away from the trips yep. is like, the, and we do two hours on Absolutely. the trip every morning. Yep. Well, you're in a generation too of people that are, it's about filling up life yep. with people right. and things and right. uh, digital spaces and right. social spaces. And yep. so to, to pull back from that is like very countercultural okay. in yes. this moment. Yes. Yeah. What was the other thing you were going to say? Yeah, the other thing I was going to say is I think I had this pivotal moment where I almost, I had never been in the context of a public school. And so um, going on the trip, and so like I have this picture in my mind of like, I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to start proclaiming the gospel and I'm going to get bullied for it. Like that was kind of my perception going into the trip Mm. and I remember we had this moment on the trip um, where we were reading a verse of scripture and I basically I made my I will statement essentially like no matter what people do to me or say to me I will stand strong kind of thing Mm. and I just kind of had this moment of like but but there's nothing to be afraid of Mm -hmm. there's no reason to feel that way you're going to 
invest in relationships that will naturally lead into spaces that Come allow on. for spiritual conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah so that um, transition of mindset was massive for me and gave me a lot more confidence and like comfortability going yeah. into my next year. Yeah, and you're you're tapping on the realities of teaching relational types of evangelism and actually being a friend and right. being somebody who uh, loves the way that Jesus wants us to, as opposed to teaching a gospel presentation mm-hmm. that you could just say in a moment and then get bullied. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think you know, you're you just said sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like you've been already, you know, for however long, for 14 years of your life, it had been ingrained in your mind that that's what evangelism is in a way. Right. Right. So it was like a, a realization of, oh my gosh, it doesn't need to be that. So but right. I, I just, I would say all students have that mindset when it comes to evangelism. Mm. That's what it means to share your faith. Yeah. I One of the things, this is a sidebar real quick. <laughs> I don't, I want you to receive this as uh, with joy. One thing I love about students is like you've said this a couple of three, four times, like I had a pivotal moment and there's like <laughs> there's a smile behind it and there's some excitement about it. I mm-hmm. think, man, just like working with adults, it's like if they go through a pivotal moment, it means their life is somehow coming it's apart. Worse. Yeah. Like, oh, no, <laughs> like things are shaking and I don't uh-huh. like this is a yeah. pivot. But for you, it's like I had this pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's a uh, propelling me forward yep. and and. And you can have like 30 of them and it doesn't bother you. Like, this is awesome. This is a pivotal moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So fast forward a little bit. You got a year of public school under your belt. Yes. How'd it go? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was It was honestly incredible. Um, the, the friendships that I was able to engage in um, and the ways that I saw God move from meaningful um, to spiritual conversations and it was yeah it was genuinely it was incredible and it was more than I could have like it, it was definitely more than I was expecting um, to be honest I made some I made some really good friends um, that year and just just hearing how like being kind and listening to people how far that goes mm-hmm. um, was was insane because um the amount of people that I had be like, you're such a good listener. You're never like talking about yourself and like that. Yeah. It was just kind of like, and it was really interesting because I felt like every time God would, God would move, it would come through. Like I was just being kind to and loving and interested in these people's lives because I I literally remember like the second day of school, I was talking to this girl and I just asked her a question. I was like, so what are, what are some of your hobbies? And she was like, no one's ever asked me. That. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I was just no one's ever like, asked me. We, we live in a <laughs> we live in a culture of canceling people, and you're affirming them. Uh-huh. Right. You know, you're yeah. you're celebrating who right. they are. Right. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've had and even to share more. Like you've had multiple, multiple times where students have opened up around spiritual things. Oh, absolutely. In the span of this year. Absolutely. It's like, and it's led to multiple potential, some actually <laughs> discovery Bible yes. studies that have started, right. you know, yeah. like even most recently, I mean, share that story. Cause that's, yeah, there was this, um, friend of mine that I was, I was texting and, um, I've been praying for him for, for a while now. And there's just kind of been zero, like interest in God or anything of that type, kind of, kind of had some background with church hurt. 
mm. kind of thing. And so didn't want anything to do with it kind of thing. And I started, we started talking and he was just sharing with me some experiences and things he was going through. And I was like, dude, that's so hard. Mm-hmm. I felt that way too. And then I was just kind of like, almost felt like a nudge of the Holy Spirit to just be like, and when I feel that way, honestly, what I do is I pray. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to send this. <laughs> Here we go. Don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. He might shut me down. Uh, Cause that's happened before. But, um, he was like, yeah, man, I get that. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was not at all expecting it. And so we kind of just kept talking about it. And I actually shared a testimony from my life of when a time that I was feeling the same way as him and God spoke to me and began to comfort me. And I felt his presence in a really tangible way. Um, and there was also just like, there was, it was one of those testimonies where there there was a moment in it that was, almost undeniable Mm. and um he he texts me back and he's like dang man that's like more than a coincidence and i'm Mm. like yeah um and essentially we keep talking about it and i got into the point of indirectly being like hey man if you ever want to like look look at the bible again and see what it says um just you and me um about this kind of stuff let me know and he was like cool man and like he like didn't really like shut it down and then we kind of got into this conversation about the word of god and that was just kind of like mind blowing to me because i was not i was not in any way expecting it and that's cuz he was so vehemently against oh my gosh so it was very right. much like uh and you had cultivated a friendship with him for a while a the while. entire year now yeah. right? and you've spent a lot of time with him right yeah yeah Oh man, that that rem- uh, just the image or the conversation with Seth Bouchel popped back into my head of uh, it's the mosaic, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just one little piece after another that is building to see something beautiful yeah. emerge. So, yeah, well done, you man. Um, Thank you. Last uh, last question I have is you talked about you guys are meeting weekly, biweekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> what was happening in that context, and why is that so important as we think about developing? next generation leaders yes so you can both answer that absolutely is this pre-trip post-trip or both i mean yeah both pre-trib oh bro no (laughs) no no no. it's not in the bible trip trip with a p (laughs) keep going Um, i derailed keep going yeah uh triggered well (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of like it was like discipleship training but also like life like mentorship and like I wouldn't say life coaching but just kind of someone to like walk alongside me with like just the everyday experiences of being a teenager kind of thing um which was something I hadn't really had before which so I was I was really grateful for that and so we would um before the trip we would do like um simple DBS structures to kind of help me uh understand what it was um, and things like that. Cause I wasn't f- that familiar with it. Um, yeah, we would just meet. Sometimes we just go out and ball around with some disc golf, mm-hmm. um, have fun. Other times we just go to a coffee shop and talk about life and things like that. And that's kind of still what it is to this day. Uh, I will say that, um, an, an element has been added of prayer. Mm-hmm. And when we get together on a weekly basis, uh, we will, we will talk about, 
um, how God is moving and different ways that we can strategize to 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 bless people, to bless those people in our lives and to, to love them well. Um, but at the same time, we all know that doesn't come through strategy. It comes through the Holy Spirit. And so um, I, I don't actually think we all know that, but <laughs> oh, right, right, true. So I'm glad you said. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, and so we basically have this time where we'll just like flip off the lights. Sorry, don't know why that was funny. <laughs> In <a> library, <laughs> unbelievable, dude. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> unbelievable. In a library. With Nikhil and me and you. With Nikhil and me and you. Yeah. Three guys. Keep going. And we <laughs> and, pray. And we pray. Yeah. We we just it's and it's honestly, it's sometimes it'll be this form of like <laughs> sometimes it'll be this form of like praying um over those guys in our life, those those that blessed five mm-hmm. who we feel is on our hearts. And sometimes it'll be a time of um Lord, how do you want us to to bless and be for? be there for these people um and that time that time is priceless to be honest because I love I love talking to the bros I love um just spending time with each other but at the same time it's like that time of prayer especially like together kind of thing like we're praying together and um so yeah that's really cool he makes it sound like I have this real good strategic plan, so I, I let him go first. Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> uh, honestly, here's what I, at least in youth ministry, learned is nothing replaced consistency in time. That's right. That's not That's just it. in youth ministry. Yeah. In life. Amen. And so I've just kind of set it out to go, and Creighton's been faithful to show up to that time. Every single time, whether he has a ride or not. And I need him to start driving quickly. I will. I will. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but that's been that's been the key, man. It's just time together more than anything. And, and we've had other students that have come in and out of that. But Nikhil has more recently, after this last trip, joined in on that. And that's totally helped mm. bolster kind of the relationship because it's a friend next to him yeah. who's on mission at another yeah. school. And so they kind of have been able to even build a friendship amongst them, themselves and but it's just been. I appreciate your humility, but I I I do believe there's a strategy behind it, <laughs> and I because I can see it from a, an objective point of view of like, you're you're not trying to create an environment where a bunch of people can come hear you. You're creating small environments that can be reproduced mm-hmm. by investing in leaders who will reproduce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's been a significant part of the trip strategy as well. Of like we're going to pair students with disciple makers who are older who will commit to journey with them through yeah. the end of their high school career. And you're creating um, a, a sense of spiritual parenting, spiritual daughter and sonship that can be reproduced, like the even becoming a spiritual father in high school. Yep. Uh, and and that is intentional to create those three spaces, those five spaces that then is networked together for the sake of the high schools in the city. So, yeah. um, again, I, I appreciate your humility. I just didn't want people to think. Well, I mean, I think you are saying the, the strategy is show up and be consistent. You're it's right. a little bit of what I am yeah. saying is that it's like less about what do you do in that hour? Mm. Way more about are you doing it at all? You right. know, and that's what I would say, even in other youth groups and youth ministries, like where it's one singular youth pastor to 30 to 60 students on average, you know, and it's like, well, that's going to be really difficult for that youth pastor to implement and make that happen. But if they can, like I was even talking to 
I can't remember where they're from. Michael Hawks. He's up in, it's a connection of ours, the underground. Um, I think they're in Portland, maybe group from Portland. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, group from Portland, Michael, he's a youth pastor with them and is connected with FCA and stuff. But one of the main things he asked me on and, and, Every once in a while, we'll have people with the underground who have a youth pastor. They're like, hey, talk to Corey. And yeah, yeah. like usually that's the conversation I have with them is like, how consistently are you personally meeting with a number of students? And then how many other leaders are you having meet with the rest? Because if not, that ratio gets out of whack. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard to create sustainability and, and helping the fruit mature and helping it multiply outside of that. And then helping them be the ones that are really carrying you know, the gospel into their schools and, and seeing it as a mission field. So mm. like, that's a one thing, if I were going to say strategically on that front is right. I'm like, man, you got it. We got to do that. Got it. You can't skip that part. That's the part. It's like you put in the time you put in the reps and that's the results will come because you're just being faithful that God's putting you in front of that other individual mm-hmm. more than anything. It's not that you have some brilliant strategy when you meet. It's like, well, sure, I could probably go through a curriculum and we've probably even started curriculums and then stopped them. Yep. Where <laughs> right? it's like, and it hasn't, and sometimes it's like, well, that didn't work too great. Okay. It doesn't matter. I'll see him again next week. Like, yeah, let's yeah. just talk again. And we'll, more than anything, I know what connects the most is let's get before the father and pray together over people around right. us. Right. And, and that's right. like, Power happens every time. It doesn't have to be some crazy, miraculous thing. But yeah. So can I add two things? Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I will say, I will say these two things. One, one thing that <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> can I say two things? Yes. <laughs> I will say these two things now. <laughs> Words are hard. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, but one thing that I really have appreci- appreciated is um, Corey's real if that makes sense. Like he's not trying to like uh, put up put up a front or like a version of himself to present. He's himself. Agreed. He's just simply being himself. And um, don't start. Crying. Yeah. It's also like it's also like I feel like sometimes it's like guys are like or like mentors can be like, hey, you want to go to the baseball game or something like that? <laughs> What a quote. <laughs> Does that happen to you personally? <laughs> say, it, it felt like it came from a real personal <laughs> It did, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, I feel like sometimes when it comes to mentors, they can be like, let's go do this big thing or that big thing or mm. it has to be big. Sure. And sometimes with Corey, it's just like, yo, let's just go to a coffee shop. And I'm like, bet, let's go to a coffee shop. And another thing that I'll say is... Um, this Up is, until this is thing two, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. And now he's gonna say thing two. <laughs> <laughs> Up until like two months ago, it has just been Corey and I, and he has still stayed faithful, even though he's literally only had one student mm. to disciple, kind of thing. And I really do appreciate that because, I mean, yeah, it would have been easy for you to be like, eh, it's just one guy. I'll just kind of pick it up when I can. But you stayed consistent with it. And now it's growing. Now we have Nikhil, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, those times were, like, pivotal. Mm -hmm. They were pivotal. Pivotal. But they were. (laughs) They were. They genuinely were. As far as, like, pivot. Yeah. (laughs) As far as, like, shaping me, like, to how I am today and, like, how I process things and think through things. Um, And I really appreciate that. That's good, man. One of the things I love is... uh, that, that that's a moment of honor and uh that's beautiful to watch all right we need to wrap this up <laughs> yeah we do so um uh 
Uh, sorry, I wasn't expecting you to say, yeah, we do. I lost Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. Represent, uh, what are you, Gen Alpha? Gen are you, Z. Are you, yeah, like bottom of Z. Gen Z? I'm Z. Yeah, but you're like near the end of Gen Z. You got to be. I don't know. I don't know the cutoff. <laughs> oh. I hope I'm Z. I think it's like 13, 14 is... Alpha. Gen alpha. I don't okay. want to be alpha. We're like starting back over in the alpha. Like we it's ran such out. a lame name. It's because we I started know. with Gen X. Why would you start at the end of the yeah, alpha? what do we do? <laughs> what are we doing? True. All right, anyway. Um, represent Gen Z and Corey's comment of Gen Z's hungry to lead. Yeah. Uh, we always give guests a chance to go like, hey, let me speak this word over the underground. Yeah. Um, if you had a moment to like go, hey, I'm going to represent my generation here and say to you, that are listening. This is what I want to say, like what Jesus is saying to us. Yeah, this is, um, you can take a second to think about that. If okay, you want. cool. Yeah. That might take a second. Um, and I mean, that can be whatever, but this is a, you keep thinking while I stall. Yeah. Keep stalling. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I like the stall. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we had some fun moments today. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you a lot today too. I don't feel like that's a compliment. I felt no, a in a good way. <laughs> I was saying all the moments have been fun. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Thank you. There. All right, he's ready. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, I know. Come on. Bring it. So I would say to the people listening to represent Gen Z, um, I think there is a real... What I have been really blessed to have what I have with Corey someone who is an adult who can offer me advice and listen to me. And I think more people in my generation would benefit from that because the amount of people that I know who have some sort of void when it comes to authority figures, um, the amount of people I know who are my age who just have unhealthy or broken relationships with um, parent figures um, and there's no, you're getting all your advice and everything that you need or are living out of from TikTok and your friends <laughs> when you don't have um, that person. So I would just say to the adults that are listening, um, think about someone in your life who is in Gen Z, who is a teenager, um, and listen to them. Mm. Sit down and listen to them. Don't necessarily try to solve or give solve their problems or give them an answer mm. as much as to listen to them and to be there for them. Mm. And if you do that, you will build a level of trust where they will begin to listen to you and pray. Mm. Pray too. There's yeah, there's so much happening when it comes to anxiety and depression and suicide rates in our generation. Um your prayers mean the world mm. and just telling us that we matter and that we have value goes a really long way. So that's what I'd say. All right. Wrap up the uh, episode with speaking to Gen Z. Mm. Gen Z. Yes. Hello, Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> give them, give them, give them a line, Creighton. Give them a line. All right. Let's, let's give them a line. Let's give them a line. What would you want to say to like others at Shawnee Mission West? How would you want to see you know them sp spoken life into them in a way that they're not hearing? <clears throat> I think I would just want to tell them that specifically, I feel like at this age, 
it's so easy to want to know everything and have everything figured out. And just to know that you don't have to have all of the answers Mm -hmm. right now. And also, I would say to the people, I feel like what so many people in my generation do when it comes to God is everything has to make perfect sense in order for them to like, quote unquote, agree or believe it. And um, yeah, Christians have unanswered questions too. Mm. (laughs) That's what I would say. That's honestly what I would say. Um, Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for taking some time today. I love hearing your voice on here and look forward to seeing how the story of Zero Hour continues to develop. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.